All right, welcome to Now This Is Podcasting. I'm your host, Connor, and I'm here with uh, former guest, Calvin. Thanks for having me back. And uh, unfortunately, no Jane today, but uh, no that's Jane. all right. I think we can, we, can, we can handle this one. We're talking about The Harder They Fall today, and this uh, came out on Netflix not too long ago. kind of like to try and find some recent stuff. It's on streaming. It's easier to get to than like the theater. Yeah, it's how I stay updated with the world. You tell me movies that are coming I out. I did. I was like, hey, do you want to watch this one? It just came out. I was like, oh, yeah. You, you mentioned the title, and I was like, well, you didn't even say that it had just come out. You're just like, yeah, The Harder They Fall. Like, it's it should be something I know. And I was like, Oh, what's that? And like, it came out like two days ago, Calvin. Like, Oh yeah. I haven't been on Netflix in a while. I was actually looking up the stats for this one. I was like, for a Netflix movie, it has a $90 million budget. I was kind of surprised by that. Like, and it, you can kind of tell it looks pretty good. And I was doing some more research about like Westerns and kind of why they're dying out and why they're not really big popular movies anymore is because like just the price tag on them to make them look authentic you have to build so many sets and you know all the costumes and everything at the if you want it to look good you have to like spend a bit of money on it it's not like it used to be you know yeah and so if you if you track how the the history of the western i want to say it started dying out in i think the heyday was the 50s and it, it, it follows it tracks a lot with uh with musicals as well because the the entire film landscape kind of changes around there about what uh what we're really looking for we you know we have the big tent poles we have spielbergs we have these uh also the, we have like the the more intimate dramas like you think of like your shawshank your um goodwill hunting those type of those type of movies those are really what took over as like as like blockbusters or like the the big thing uh so yeah um and then now obviously we have superhero movies right uh, right right like which is just like that's, that's the, the only movie anybody makes anymore yeah. we have a we have a couple we have this one and then we're doing another review on anonymous animals which came out recently it actually came out the same day as eternals but we are not reviewing eternals i actually went and saw it it oh, sucks yeah it's not very good uh, but yeah. uh, i like that we're picking stuff that is not a superhero movie to review yeah, there's only so many that I can, so many, only so many times that I, that I can sit there and say, well, yeah, it's a Marvel movie. Yeah. I mean, what, I, I feel like you could go back to any one of our episodes and, uh, on those and you'd get the same, you would get the same feedback each time. The only, it's just like picking apart little different things each yeah. time. You could just change the character's name and the title of the, uh, of the, um, the recording we're doing and it would essentially be the same problem. Yeah. We, we actually, we should just become a Marvel podcast and then just, Never change the recording, but yeah. just keep changing. That would the be amazing. <laughs> that'd be that'd be the easiest editing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, and every every single episode has the exact same number of views. Uh, right now, we crack the code. That's it. <laughs> uh, so you know, I like to do the box office stuff. I mean, obviously, you can't figure that out with this one. And I couldn't even see like sometimes Netflix will come out and be like, "Oh, seven billion people watched it on like the opening week or whatever." They didn't even have any stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really know how well this did, but it's got, it's just an amazing cast. There's so many people in it. Mm-hmm. So I assume that uh, enough people watched it and there's maybe some talk of like a, a sequel even. So oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and for, uh, it's directed by James Samuel. He also did a Jay-Z legacy. I think it's like a documentary about Jay-Z. Well, and then weird. he did another Western in 2013 called, uh, they die by dawn. And it's about like a uh, four outlaws and they kind of have a showdown to see who's going to get the bounty or whatever uh so i mean i guess he likes doing these westerns which they're neat and i kind of like the style of this one but what's like your first impression of this movie you know it's a western you know through and through like all the genre conventions are there it's stylish it's moody it's got some funny side characters some deranged side characters uh, you know, your lone wolf protagonist who spurned his love interest in the name of duty revenge you know you got to 
you know, be a man and out there and like, I love you, but uh, there are bigger things in the world. So it's, it's fine. Uh, but it's nothing more than inver- entertainment. Yeah, I agree. I think especially the relationship between, uh, Nat and then, uh, stage, stage coach, coach Mary, yeah. it could have been better. I, I, I didn't, I didn't love that. It's hard to, I think, connect with any characters in this. Uh, yeah. You really just have to kind of fall in love with their mannerisms or their actors. Yeah, yeah. And I think all the best characters are the ones that aren't like your protagonist and antagonist. I, I think the side ones are probably more fun to be around. But uh, mm. my first thought is like, yeah, it's, it's just really, it's kind of a neat stylized Western. I know you haven't seen Django, but this like has mm. a lot of like the same uh, aesthetic and like look to it as Django does. Uh, I think it's, I like the the soundtrack is interesting with it. That's like kind of the first thing that popped out to me is like, this is not something you'd expect to hear in a Western. And uh, I, I thought that like fit in pretty well with it. And you know me, I love like the costumes and the wardrobe. I think what's really neat is like everyone kind of has their own sort of silhouette to them. And I think like, that's oh. one thing I do like about costumes is when you can make characters look unique based on like the, what they're wearing. And you can tell who the character is based on what they have on. Like uh, like Nat where it has his like a poncho on which I think is super cool. Uh, it, it just like kind of the different looks of each of them. I, I thought was really neat. Uh, I love hearing you talk about costumes because it's... I do, it's, I love it. It's honestly one of the, the things I pay attention to least. Yeah, well, that's why we got to... That's why it's good that, you know, we're both here together. We have different perspectives to bring to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. Um, but this movie is bloated. It's two hours and 20 minutes long. I wouldn't say bloated, actually. I feel like it takes so long... It does. To, to introduce, like, the first 45 minutes, I feel like, is just introducing characters. I think which that's I, necessary, though. There's too many here. That's that's my notice. I think there's too many characters, and that's why kind of it feels long. Um, I, I kind of just wish it either focused on Nat's gang or it fru- focused on, like, the Rufus Buck gang. Uh, I think it's it takes a long time focusing on one, like, A plot and then moving to its B plot for a long time and then moving to its A plot for a long time. It either needs to bounce back and forth faster or I think it needs to be about one gang and the other one just kind of pops in really quickly. But it's like, it's trying to, it feels like it's two, it's a it's a movie about two different gangs put together. Yeah, you know? and they're not like, it would be nice too if there was more, um, more times that they interacted. Uh, like little bits of each gang, like meeting up throughout the movie and then finally coming together for the big battle against right. each other. Um, I think about like, uh, like Tombstone, like that's a, that would be to me a good example of like the two sides squaring off like often throughout the movie. Like they do like little, little battles here and there. And then you have like the real big kind of climaxes towards the end, towards the end. Mm. And this movie, I think it, it, yeah, it goes way too long with kind of like nothing happening. It's a lot of prep for the climax at the end. And like, not a lot of, there's not a lot going on. It feels like for a lot of this movie. Yeah. So I I find that, yeah, it's, it's not ultimately interesting or or necessary but i don't think it it affects the pacing so much and i don't think that it's it's too long for those reasons because the western is all about that slow burn and if you're gonna have this is my problem with every superhero movie they're too short um when you first introduce these characters because they want uh, if you were going to introduce all of these characters and then give them like some bad guy that they have to fight in their movie, it's too short. You need to focus on one or the other, which is why a lot of the sequels do better than the uh, the originals. Yeah, I could see that. Um, at least in my mind, it's like as function as as functional stories. The sequels are generally better than the original one. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like that's why you get your Avengers team ups that do so well. It's like because you're already familiar with the characters, so now it's just about the conflict. And I think that's why, like, those to me are like more interesting to watch because it's like, okay, I don't 
I don't need the background because I already know them. Yeah, I say that, but I actually hate. But those you don't like those a lot. So <laughs> <laughs> you kind of uh, like proved a point for something you don't like. <laughs> yeah, I but I don't. I don't think it's not necessarily like the uh, Avengers ones. It's more of like the sequels within right. their, within each character's uh, story. Um, like Thor, uh, like Dark World being better than the original, which isn't hard. Cause... Yeah, that one's rough. <laughs> um, do you want to get into like the look of this movie? Yeah, I I love the look of this movie. Yeah, that's why I said I think it's it's cool. Like it's real stylized. Like there's a lot of like just shots of people kind of standing and like the winds blowing at them, and it's just like this really neat dramatic shot that no one would ever do in real life. Like no one just. Like I think about the the shot of like Trudy just standing on the her, she has her horse just sitting on the railroad tracks, and it's just this great shot. And it's just like I said, I love the silhouette. I, I like everything about it is really cool, stylized shot. Yeah, because the close like, up too. Yeah, because like people don't just do that, you know. Or like there's cool shots of like uh, the whole uh, Rufus Buck gang on their horses, and it's like I said, it's got the score going on. Like everything's working really well together to like put together this really cool shot. And like when they're they're like uh, rolling into like Redwood. And like all the horses kind of like come into the frame and then the, the beat starts and they all start w- walking forward. And it's kind of cool because the horses are swaying and it looks like they're almost like in time with the music. It's a great shot. Mm. And it's like stylized and it's really cool because like people don't like roll up into town like that, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, so I like the style of it. Um, but it, it kind of gets, I guess, like a little tired after a while, you know? Yeah, and I think that that might be more your problem with uh, the length of this is just how many times they reuse shots that work once, yeah, and not a second or a third time or a fourth time. Yeah, like I talked about the, the all the horses riding up. It's like he, they get rescued from the train, and it's all the horses there, and then it's like one scene happens, and it's them. It's like the exact same shot of them going into town, and I it looks cool, but I did I wrote like it's tired. You already did a, a cool thing once. You can't like do it immediately after. Yeah, without changing up something significantly about the the way you've set your set pieces or your camera. Yeah. Um, doing it the same way, uh, this, uh, it, it takes away the magic of why it worked in the first place. Exactly. Um, another thing I thought was so weird about this is the opening credits. Yeah. Uh, so it has like kind of that shootout at the beginning with Nat, and then uh, it immediately, like, like the this, it's like it's on a camera reel. It's like it's a real film. It just kind of stops, and then the uh, director's name pops up to let you know that he directed it. And then it goes back to the movie for like a couple frames, and then the credits start. And it's so odd. I was watching it with Hannah, and she was like, "What the fuck is going on right now?" I was yeah, like, I was like, "I don't know." It's uh, the it's the weirdest like choice I think of, like a uh, like editing that whole thing together, and then it has the credits, which I think are kind of neat. It, it it kind of reminded me of sort of like a like a James Bond opening sequence. Like I kind of liked yeah. it. it. Was it, it had cool like. Uh, like the images and stuff like it wasn't like you know just like shots directly of like the the characters they were kind of like painted up and and drawn different i thought there was cool stuff in it so it reminded me of kind of like a james bond open i thought that look was neat yeah it's more of a classic hollywood thing putting all of the credits and the characters at the beginning and then making it a little bit more stylish i like too that it was like it did it had like nat's gang and it finished the credits for them and then it went to and then it was like rufus buck gang so i thought that was cool i think it's like neat stuff there but then at the end of those credits, it pops up the the director's name again. It's like, we just saw it. So I don't know. It's a really odd choice. I thought it was, it took me right out of it, right at the beginning. I was like, wow, I thought like my Netflix was broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that's like, it's, it's part of the aesthetic choice to, to do it that way too, is it makes it fun and we're not taking ourselves too seriously because this is a really weird way of editing this together. And just to let you know, this is what we think of ourselves. Right. Which... It's, it's strange. It's like half like self-indulged 
and half um, like uh, self-aware, but it's neither of those things. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it never seems to like it never seems to like hit kind of the way they I think they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's fine. I think there's enough neat stuff in this movie to make it worth watching. But this is, I think I watched this like twice to prep for this, and I was like, okay, that's too many. I was like, that's enough. Yeah. Um, I think probably all the best like cinematography. It all takes place on the the train scene where they're doing the jailbreak. Uh, I want to get more into that later, but I do want to bring up now that um, I think like that's the peak of this movie, at least like cinematically. I think it, there's so many cool shots in it. Like there's cool action beats in it. The camera's moving around well. I think there's a lot of cool stuff in that scene. So like yeah, as far as the look, I think like that's like the peak of this movie. Yeah, I would say so. Like I, I, I find a lot of those shots to be a little bit over dramatic to the point being melodramatic. Right. But they're, they're certainly not without... Uh, like they're they're more style than substance, but they're that's the purpose. That's the point. Yeah, here. that's why I think they they work. It's like okay, like it's on purpose. So I think it it, it is fine to me. Um, yeah. It's no Evil Dead where they're just like just fuck it. Just, oh God, just roll. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that movie ever again. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a rough one to get through. Um, I did think another another part of it that I was really interested in was like the language. Um, it seemed like a weird mix of kind of like Western like slang and then like Ebonics and uh, like they, they all kind of sound like Samuel L. Jackson but like in a Western like they, they're calling each other motherfucker all the time and I, I thought that, that was really interesting and so uh, I was looking more into it and um, it, Ebonics kind of gets described as like slang but I guess it, like linguists kind of they it's not really that it's more of its own language because it actually has rules it operates on hmm. where slang doesn't it just has different rules than like the Queen's English. And then uh, I looked into it even further because I was like, Ebonic sounds like it's probably offensive in the wrong context now. Uh, I mean, it sounds like it could be, even though I guess it used to be like the academic term. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a uh, African-American vernacular English or AAVE is the new term now. So mm. I, you like language stuff and we're always talking about accents. And so I did my own little research. I thought you'd find that interesting. I, I do find that interesting. I, I was thinking, and honestly, I was thinking that the whole, the when I was watching the movie, because after watching the witch um, and understanding like what it takes to be period accurate, even when it comes to like set pieces, like the types of barrels and wood that you use, a lot of people take liberties with how they create something that feels like this is their idea of Western lingo back in the day. And this is their idea of Western lingo as um, black people would speak it. Yeah. And so I was like wondering, I was like, I wonder how much they actually cared here. Yeah. Um, I don't, I didn't care enough about this movie to like really look at, because I was sure like they were more lazy with it than certainly Robert Eggers is with, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the, with the witch. Cause nobody's, nobody's a film loser like he is. Um, but, but I thought it fixed. It's like, that's the style. I mean, this is like an African-American cowboy movie. Like, and so it mm-hmm. fit to like throw some of that vernacular into it, even though it may not period accurate, but like uh, CJ Seiler who plays a uh, Jim Beckworth, you know, he's like the little quick draw kid. Yeah. Yeah. He's like the best at it. And, it, and it's so funny. He plays like the blue power ranger and that, Power Ranger movie that came out a couple years ago. I didn't even know that. It, yeah, I don't remember that existing. <laughs> but he's like a, a a nerd wad in it, and then he's like he's like the slick shooting like qu- you know quick talker in this, and I thought he was awesome. So like yeah, every time he has some dialogue, it's always really funny, and it's always like it's just this neat like vernacular he has. I thought it I thought it all sounded really cool. So yeah, I, I like I said, I, I usually am not the big on the language stuff, but I found it interesting, and I was like, oh, I should do a little more research on it. So yeah, that is interesting. Um, we can move on now to uh maybe more into the characters like i said there's a huge cast here like uh jonathan majors uh like recognize him he's like in the 
last episode of Loki. I also watched Lovecraft Country not too long ago on HBO, and he's okay, like a, yeah, he's yeah. like the main character in that. Uh, Zazie Beetz from like Deadpool two. Yeah, she's in a lot of things too. Yeah, uh, Damian Wayne's is in this, uh, or yeah. Damian Wayne's from um, New Girl. It, it's just like every time yeah. I looked, uh, Lakeith Stanfield is in Atlanta. Idris Elba. Yeah. Um. Oh, what what is her name? Um. Uh, Regina King. Yeah, Regina King. I love Regina King. Like, she, first of all, she is like crazy attractive. I mean, her eyes. Like, I don't. know. I think she's some. I think she's like pushing like forty or fifty. Well, holy shit, man! Like, she looks younger than me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she's great. I I didn't love her. I think the last thing I saw her in was the Watchmen series. Yeah, I, I I think she's fine in it. I just don't like that series very much. Yeah, we uh, talked about that. I think that's something that you should revisit because yeah. it's it. I think it's a little bit. Uh, it'll be a little bit different now when you watch it. Um, than when when it first came out. Yeah, I I think yeah when we talked about it, I was like it's so politically charged and a politically charged time already, and I was like yeah, I was it's like, very saturated yeah. in our media already. And I was like I can only handle so much of this right now. So you're probably right. I should I could go back and see that one, but I just like yeah, I was like every scene, especially at the beginning where they're introducing a new character, I was like oh I recognize them and oh, I recognize her, and yeah. it's a it is an amazing cast. And while I complained about it being kind of bloated, I think in terms of how long it takes to introduce everyone. It is cool to like, it is a great cast and I think it's really cool. And, and I don't think anyone is like utilized badly. There's a lot of side oh, characters, yeah. but I don't think it like, it doesn't take too long on them. It's like they're in it enough, you know? It's like mm-hmm. the the real point is like, uh, you know, uh, Jonathan Major's character and Idris Elba, who he's not even really in it a ton and he barely talks, but it's like, Idris Elba's character, he has such like a presence in the movie yeah. that it's like, he doesn't need to do much. Like I love this scene where he's just, uh, they get to red when he's just tearing the peel off the orange, throwing it, you know, and he, he almost says nothing, you know, it ends up in a fight, but like he doesn't need to do anything to be the most intimidating guy in the whole film. Like, I think he's great in it for, for a guy who barely talks. I think he did a good job. Yeah, he is. He's wonderful and fantastic. And I mean, I love the sound of his voice. The sound of his voice is perfectly cast for that character too. I mean, what character is he not cast as where his voice isn't perfect? Yeah. But it's a kind of a good thing Jaden isn't here because he doesn't like you yourself. Yeah, I know. I was kind of like excited. Like, <laughs> like we don't have to, do, <laughs> we don't have to bring a yeah. gawk about Idris Elba and, and, and his Jane's two episodes of The Office. That yeah, defines. <laughs> like, I forgot that's yeah. the reason that like defines him as an actor to Jaden. Like that's all. That's all he is. He's, the the his two episodes that he's in that show. <laughs> Uh, but no, like he's great. I, I like him in pretty much everything he's in, mm-hmm. uh, especially The Office. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, and then I was talking about uh, R.J. Seiler, who's in the the Power Rangers movie. He's he was the only one I actually had to like look up. Who was like, man, I know him from something. I just can't remember. Oh yeah, that's super forgettable Power Rangers movie. That's so funny. Um, I think he's also uh, the cupbearer in Mother. Really. I'm pretty sure he is. Wow. Because I, when I was when I was watching that, because um, we have a podcast coming out about yeah, Mother here, we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna talk at length about one of the best movies ever made, oh, God. Mother. <laughs> um, yeah. No, we all have to look that up. Yeah. For that episode, to make sure we're, I'm, I'm we can have sure. a callback to the heart of they fall. Yeah, exactly. And tying the universes together. Right. Uh, one kind of problem I did have with the characters, and I think I kind of talked about it in my first impression part is. I, there's not like one that I really latch onto or super care about. Like uh, Nat is kind of like your, he's more of like an anti-hero, but it's hard to have an anti-hero when you don't really have a clear cut bad guy, because I think the movie is trying really hard to give uh, Rufus Buck this kind of redemption arc. So it's like, who am I supposed to root for? Like, yeah. do I want Nat to get his revenge? Like, which is, which is like a, 
I, I think it's like well suited. Like it's not like a, a, a flat revenge story. It's like it, it seems deserved that he would want to go out and do this stuff. So I think that's set up well. But then to have revenge on a character that we're the film is trying to make you have sympathy for, I think also doesn't work. Yeah, which is, and it's so also I don't know, weird yeah. that they decide to give him a redemption arc in the last two minutes yeah. of his screen time. Like literally, like he is absolutely ruthless and uh, heartless at any opportunity. Uh, allowed him to make a decision. Yeah. He, he makes the most awful choice he can to uh, control and uh, rule by fear. And so then you get the end and it's just like, I gave you that scar so you could, so I could see when you were coming here. I, I would think that would be to kill him. Because I thought he, so too. Because yeah. obviously like you, you killed his parents. Like he's yeah. out for revenge. What, what's the point? Well, I wonder. I, I wonder if that's how it started. Is it was like a mark, so he knew him coming, and then after all these years, he like had a change and realized, oh, I was pretty crappy then, and you know now I need my redemption, and I'm sorry. But I, that's what I'm saying. It's like it feels like it's a movie about two different gangs, like and their leader, where it's like pick one. Like if it's just a movie about like Rufus Buck, and like and it is about his like redemption or whatever, then like make that movie. Or if it's a revenge movie where Nat is trying to, you know, he's he's, he's getting vengeance for what happened to his family, then just make that movie. It's too, it's just, it's too, it's like, like I do think it's bloated. It's two stories that I don't think like skipping back and forth like works very well. I think you got to pick one or the other. And that's why it's hard for me to like care about either of these, like kind of your two main characters. That's why I end up like caring more about, you know, the, uh, the, the side character, uh, side characters. Yeah. Because they're not in the way. Yeah. And it really is like the, the whole idea of Redwood being a, a paradise, um, and, uh, making that town like that's like, that's his goal. That's like, um, uh, to give like black people sanctuary um, right. and keep the homesteaders off. Like that's that's his point in his character arc. So you actually kind of feel like that's he's a good person for doing those th- sorts of things. But it's it doesn't feel like anything here. Yeah. Like what we we absolutely just needed to leave that out. Like they were just imposing a tax on the city. Um, yeah, I didn't because, understand why that was in it. Yeah, because it, it makes you feel like he's a good person. Or like going to her, like you know, this is, um, you know, he's just pragmatic in in the way that he's uh, uh going about his business to keep everybody safe. But he's just shooting people left and right. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. Th- I think the characters are fine. There's just it, there's either it, there's just no one to like care about. I think enough for this movie to like really hit. Um, yeah. That's that's kind of like the one kind of uh, thought I had was I was thinking about like. Uh, and I won't like compare this movie very often because I don't think it's like this character is especially good. But I thought a lot about like Jack Sparrow and why that character mm. works in like because no one in this movie is like especially likable. Like they all have some quality to them that like, you know, like they're an outlaw or something like that. And that's kind of like how Jack Sparrow is. But like Johnny Depp brings so much charisma to that character. And even though he's like not liked, like he gets left in a cell, like his old crew maroons him like he's not a likable guy, but there's like there, that movie has so much humor built into it and humor built into that character. And there's so much charisma with that character that he becomes likable. Like Idris Elba and, uh, and Nat's character, like neither of them have a ton of charisma. I don't think, I think they, they are like, they are playing a character well, but like there's not like that quality to it that like a Johnny Depp has. And there's also like, this movie is not funny. So it doesn't have like that crutch to be like, Oh yeah, he's kind of a crappy guy, but he's the funny character in it, you know, which yeah. like which is what you get. And I'm not like trying to praise like Pirates of the Caribbean. I think they're fine, um, 
but that's the kind of the idea I had as I was like, well, that's why like that character works in that is because there's like comedy built into it and there's charisma built into it. And like, that's why even though he's not likable, people still like him. Yeah, because it's a self-deprecating character. Yeah. And and on top of that, he's one of the most unique characters that we've seen on screen in terms of idiosyncrasies. Yeah. That's believable. Oh, there are plenty of characters just like him in like, I mean, just take like uh, everybody in David Lynch's Dune. Has an, oh boy. <laughs> everybody there is ridiculous yeah. in terms of uh, their idiosyncrasies, but it's not, but none of it's believable. And yeah. that's really the legacy that Johnny Depp brings to Jack Sparrow and how none of that is here. Yeah. And I'm not saying you can do the same thing in this movie. I'm just saying I was trying to figure out in my head, like, why is he so likable in those movies? And these guys aren't very likable in this one. So that was kind of like a thought I had. Um, do you want to get in like some of the scenes? I think there's a couple of like, good ones in this that are, are worth going over. Yeah, yeah, sure. What, which ones you got? What you have on mind? So I, I think the the big one I I think I like the most is like the peak of the movie is the the jailbreak from the train. I think I had talked about like like Trudy, like she's on the tracks and everything, and mm. I, I love that uh, the uh, conductor gets out of the train. He's like, "What are you doing?" And he starts to say something, and she just shoots him. And uh, Cherokee Bill is there. He's like, he might have just been saying nincompoop. Yeah, she's yeah. like anything. Anyone who starts a word with ends like deserves to get shot. I just love that. Yeah. Um, and then, like, when they get on the train, uh, like, uh, Cherokee Bill is, like, I think one of the best characters in this because he's, like, I'm not a violent man. He's, like, but, you know, he's, like, you're around a bunch of violent people, but if you do anything, like, we will be violent. And him moving through the train, and it has a cool action beats where he's, like, you know, pulled out the knife and he's slicing guys up. Yeah. So, like, and then I think one of my favorite shots of the whole movie is when they get into, like, the second car, and there's, like, that one Union soldier, like, guarding the back of it, the kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, like, you know, if you don't let us through, everyone on the train dies. And Cherokee Bill's in, he's in the you know, the forefront of the of the frame and you see all the arms shoot out behind him with the guns. It's yeah. it's a really neat, like cinematically, I think it looks really cool. I'm trying to think of what that is. You know what I'm talking about? Like the, uh, uh, those Indian dances. Yeah, where yeah. Have, like, That's one, exactly what I yeah, thought of. It's like a line and they're all like, yeah, so to me it's goofy. Oh, really? I think like cinematically it totally works. Like that the reason that scene that sequence works so well to me is like that's the movie using like it, its style like to its peak. Like that's the best part of it because it is. It's I do like it's not it's not trying to be like serious all the time. It's it's got cool like choreographed movements in it. And yeah, so that's I, why think I think if you take part. it, yeah, I think if you take it not seriously, because because what I was going to compare it to is uh, you're not going to be happy about this. Is it's uh, when someone described the uh, the one of the last scenes in uh, Game of Thrones where Daenerys is walking out and the dragon's wings unfurl uh, behind her. I think we her. made fun of that in a different yeah, podcast. We, I think it's so goofy. <laughs> yeah, and it absolutely is. Uh, and I think those things are 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 similar here. Obviously, it's melodramatic in um game of thrones and here there's a little bit more levity because the whole there's there's no these characters are just uh building their archetype they're building their myth and it's kind of uh it's easy it's fun for them yeah so it's the same type of shot that's why it bugs me but, but it's like the tone in, yeah, they're very different it's totally different yeah. yeah that's why i think it works here because it's like it's a, it's a fun style where i think in like game of thrones it's like trying to be taken seriously and i was like this yeah. sucks <laughs> uh, yeah absolutely um yeah i like that a lot and then uh i think it has some of the best dialogues too like cherokee bill's got the the, the you know the kid he's telling him you know, he's like oh we'll shoot your son and uh he's like trying to do the countdown and trudy just starts shooting the, the little kid she's <laughs> yeah. like she's like cherokee bill's like trudy you know I love my countdown, <laughs> uh, which is funny because he kind of turns that whole countdown thing on its head like l- later on in the movie, yeah. which I really loved. Uh, but it has some of the best dialogue in it, you know. Uh, yeah, it's funny when it, like when he does shoot uh, Jim and he's like, "Why the hell is gonna count so slow?" <laughs> I love it. 
uh yeah trudy and cherokee bill are like that's some scrupulous shit like at the same yeah. time it's it's got the like it's got the best dialogue and then uh once they get uh rufus buck out of the his little cell and you know they they go to you know start killing all the other union soldiers in the in the back of the train and, and it's cool like it's again it's like the movie really leaning into its style it's like slow-mo and you got all the all the shells hitting the ground and you got the smoke from the you know the revolvers and you know uh, rufus buck's just walking through putting his hat on slow i think there's a lot of cool stuff in it and like that's why I think this is the best part of the movie. This is it really leaning into the style. And it's like, then they get away from it. And it just, that's when like, it feels long. Cause like that scene, that sequence is actually pretty long, but yeah, it just feels it so slow. The rest of the movie compared to that one. Yeah. Cause we don't care about the characters, um, but we give them too much screen time. Right. Uh, yeah. So if you don't have anything to say, anything more about that, I, I really like when they get to Redwood and there's the scene with the sheriff eating a steak mm. and he's like, He's trying to sound like this real badass and you realize he's just talking to himself like prepping for it. I'd like this movie doesn't have a lot of like comedic bits that are like I think comedic on purpose, but that was one of them and I thought it was awesome. Like Yeah, that that was that was a, a fun bit of camera work too because it's set up in such a way like and it's cut in such a way oh, yeah. that you totally believe that he's talking to them right then. Yeah, it's great editing cuz yeah, it's it's a uh, Rufus Buck and his crew have just walked up to you know, it looks like the sheriff's office and then it cuts right to the, you know, him you know, fork and knife on the steak. And yeah, it's edited perfectly. And then like to have like, like the, it kind of gets cut out, like the feet get cut out uh, from that scene when it's like, turns out to be kind of comedic. I thought it was really good. And then uh, I think the only other like kind of thing worth talking about is the final shootout. Yeah. Which I honestly just hate. Yeah. It's, it, it, it also bumps me out when like, you, I know you have to have a climax in your movie, but it feels like contrived, you know, how they got there. They're like, oh, we stole money. Oh, I need the money back. And it's like, oh, we're going to double cross you with the money. Yeah, well, like, what was the point? Right? None yeah. of it, none of it ever made any sense because they could have just walked in the same. They could have walked in with nothing. Yeah, and because they were gonna blow it up anyways. I think we had talked about this, you know, before you recorded, and it was like the the whole kind of. Well, I think one of the tension points of that is supposed to be that the Rufus's gang has stagecoach Mary because she just walks up to that to Redwood and she's like, oh, like let me take over the saloon because like I'm a successful businesswoman. And they're like, yeah, we know you're going to double cross us. Like, we're just going to capture you now. It's like, why put this scene in the movie? Like, because yeah. she ends up escaping like immediately when the shootout starts. So like, there is no tension there anymore. So she could have just been a part of the gang the whole time. Like, they, yeah. she didn't need to go. And and then you get to cut out like 10 minutes of the movie, which would have been nice. I think you cut out more than 10 minutes yeah. because you also cut out the whole going to the bank in the, in the white town. Right. And then you cut out so much. Yeah. And like Trudy and... Stagecoach Mary have like a bit of, they have like a conversation together. You can get rid of that. I'm just saying like. You can get rid no of uh, that, Nat's torture scene. Right. You're, you're cutting like 20, 25 minutes of yeah. this movie. Uh, but yeah. I, the, the shootout, it, like I was talking about in the train scene, it's like that had so much style and it like, it felt like that was something that kind of made the movie feel unique. And then this is just like kind of shootout. It wasn't, nothing special is going on besides like kind of these like, uh, sort of anticlimactic deaths like kind of deaths i wouldn't expect like we talked about a, a cherokee bill just like shooting the kid before he even finishes the countdown uh -huh. i thought that was great yeah yeah but yeah like what what i really don't like about it is the the concept of 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 myth building around these characters you know obviously history is written by the victors and all of that um but they when they when they shoot they just don't miss they're walking down the street like Bam, oh there's a guy in that window over there and like i'm not going to get ambushed and it's it's so it's it's beyond ridiculous um it, 
to the point that like I, I can't care because there's no there's no concept of danger. Um, yeah, they're like they're like, but there but other parts there are like yeah. it's implied that there's danger. But oh, guess what? Everybody's out of bullets. So me. Oh my god, yeah, that's like towards the end where the the Crimson Gang shows up, the Crimson Hoods. Yeah, and no one has run out of ammo this entire shootout. They shoot a couple times and all of a sudden they're like, oh God, we got to reload. All and, 15 yeah. of them at the same time. Yeah. And, and of course they just get lit up by, you know, Nat and two guys. I think the, uh, the, it's the, the um, marshal. Yeah. The marshal's still there with them. And it's like, of course that's going to happen. It's, it's like I said, like that whole end sequence feels like so contrived to me. And it's just the only thing that makes it worthwhile, I think is like the lack of plot armor for some of like your, your bigger characters in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah, like Cherokee Bill's death. I thought, I thought was great. Uh, like being, being outshot by, uh, like who is it cuff cuffy yeah cuffy yeah i think she's great in it too she's she's a fun character mm-hmm. like i said like i think all the more fun characters all the best ones are the side characters yeah honestly just like if this had been plotless it would have been better yeah you might be right it, it, <laughs> yeah i think yeah i think if you if you get rid of like the revenge story and maybe it is just like a gang that like oh we stole from rufus buck like we gotta we gotta you know we gotta figure this out otherwise we're gonna be dead yeah like i think that hijinks i think that would yeah i think that would be better like get rid of the revenge story and then and then you don't have to spend so much time like building that up you know yeah and it makes a more streamlined movie i think that's a good that's a good point yeah just give him someone carved across into his forehead and that's just like his personality trait yeah um i do want to ask what do you think about the movie starting by saying that like these characters or like these are real people but this is like a fictional story i I wonder I don't I don't know if it makes me feel any better one way or the other like it's saying they're real and and from what I understand like maybe not all of them are real I I know like Cherokee Bill was real uh and Rufus Buck and Trudy were real and Stagecoach Mary were real people yeah and so was Nat Love okay and so was uh Cuffy uh like Cathay Williams was a real person okay Almost. I only I, I like read an article and it, it mentioned a couple of them I didn't like yeah fine tooth comb this one but I wonder it might have been to me like better to put that at the end, I guess. No, I think it, it it's good at the beginning because it's. I find it sad that it's necessary because a lot of it, like like why some people didn't like Watchmen, is because it felt like it was uh, like pandering, um, like it was like woke media being like, look, there's black people actually existed. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of sad that we do need that, but I think what it establishes, like from the beginning, like this 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 movie. Um, like wasn't made for me. Like it wasn't made for you or I. And I thought that was so interesting because immediately after I thought that, like, is this is this the Hollywood experience, like the the American movie experience for everyone who isn't white? Like, I think that right there is what's the most important thing about this this film is to is to share the minority uh, experience when it comes to artistic depiction simply by telling a story in a very formulaic uh, genre that's very established with people that look different than what you would expect to see as the main cast in that said genre but so that's the, but but I think this this film is like more like escapism for black people you know right. what I mean but so that's why why I find this so this interesting it's not a good film it's not it's not boundary uh breaking it's just like let's like that that that's why this film is important is because it still works the same way yeah and it gives you that like this it, it, it lets you watch a movie in someone else's shoes for sure yeah i mean it's like i mean go back and look at any western it's like a it's a white saturated genre like like no doubt i mean there's mm-hmm. it's 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 nice to see. I, I did see a tweet. Is it was like 
It was like more movies with black cowboys and less movies about slaves. And I, I like that idea a lot because it's like the only way you, it seems you tell like the authentic like African-American story is, is to make a, like a, a movie like Selma or, or 13 Years a Slave or something like that, which are good movies. Like, don't get me wrong. And I think it's an important story. But if like if that's all that's being told of, of like that whole people group, like I think you you, you miss out on like uh, still good stories, you know? Yeah. Like I said, like this movie isn't, I would not call this movie like good. It's not, it's fine. Yeah. And I think but I saw I do that like tweet. Ex- yeah. And it's, it was from, well, I mean, the icon was uh, of a, uh, you know, the avatar was of a black person. So I think that's like kind of what's um, in, in the same way. Like they, they want just like, well, can't we just have stories that are yeah. fun for us yeah. type thing rather than just always like the, the cathartic um, oppression or like someone like Get Out, like that movie is did really well and a lot of people like it. I, I think it's okay. I but it's but that's great, another yeah. movie about like, you know, it's it's a, it's a kind of like about the struggle of African-Americans and everything like that. And I, I do agree with that idea of like, you know, maybe not every movie that is like African-American centric needs to be about like a, a, a power struggle or something like that. It is cool yeah. to just see like, and there are elements of that in this movie, uh, like, but it's not heavy handed with it. I mean, it's like kind of subtle. But that's not what the movie is about. So it's cool to see a movie that's just like, yeah, these are just black characters in a western. Yeah, like take and, it, uh, and it's fine. It totally works. Yeah, and like take uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Like that's pure escapism for yeah. um, um, for Southeast Asians um, in a way that isn't you know going on about struggle. Struggle. Yeah. I thought a lot about um, you'll always be my maybe which is about like a, an Asian couple and everything. And uh, it, it is a, an excellent movie. Um, but yeah, like that's, it's not about the fact like that they're Asian. Like some of it has to do with it. Like there's some family stuff that, that plays a role in it, but it's mostly just about like a couple and they just happen to be Asian in it. And it was nice to like have the story. And that, that is an excellent movie. I think everyone should watch that one. Hmm. Like, Keanu Reeves like makes a, plays a small character in it. He plays himself and he is so good in it. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think a lot about that. Like it's cool to where it's cool to just have a movie with, you know, a certain ethnic group or whatever being the main cast, but that's like not the point of it. It's not about like the the the, the struggle or anything like that. So I, I like yeah, that. It's about the point of like like representation, like and without without being without being pandering. Like let's just make a movie about these people so we can tap into yeah. you know, there's a little bit of cyn- like cynical capitalism. Let's tap into that market. Right. Everybody else is still gonna watch this because they like that genre because it's a white genre. Right. And then you have a new audience that's just gonna watch it purely because it has black people. Right. I think I think maybe the reason I don't like the like these people are real but the story is fake is it's like, well, what, what? how am I supposed to take this movie then? Like, am I supposed to take it seriously? Like these are real people in a real story, but then it's immediately like, Oh, but it's also fake. So I think that's kind of why I don't like maybe the wording of how they did it. So I was like, well, how am I supposed to, how am I supposed to take this movie? Like, yeah, I can see what you mean. Am I supposed to take these, is it docu-fiction? Yeah. Am I supposed to take like these real people seriously or am I supposed to just kind of enjoy this fictional tale? So that was kind of, maybe it's more the wording I had the problem with, but I do like the idea of like, working these like real life people into a story that's like it's cohesive to like have all these people together even though i don't know the interaction that they had in real life or if they even had any or if they even lived at the same time yeah but (laughs) but it's cool to like kind of have these like sort of legends of the west you know all all thrown together i like that idea a lot but uh you have any final thoughts on this one uh no it's just not that deep of a movie i feel like we talked more than i thought we were going to yeah i think like i said i i think some of the style some of the some of the performances are cool enough to talk about, but in the end, I would call this mostly just fine. Uh, yeah, I will definitely forget about this by next month. I would say of the Netflix movies we've watched, which would be two now, 
Uh, is it two? I thought like, it was three. What did we do? Uh, Sweet Girl. And we did uh, um, The Witcher. Nightmare oh, we did. Wolf. Yeah, see, look at how oh, forgettable yeah, that okay, was. Maybe, <laughs> that's, okay, yeah, you're right. So this would be the third Netflix movie we've done. I fuck, I forgot about Sweet Girl. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I think at least cinematically, this is the best one. It's the best looking one. I think that's the one that they took yeah. the most seriously when they were going to produce it. And yeah. so I think for that, it's 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 it, it's two hours. It's throw it on if you feel like it, but it's fine. It's background cinema. Yeah. It's like yeah. There's yeah. That's a that's a term I came across uh, a couple of weeks ago in an article. It's just like those types of movies, like when you have company over, right? You're right. Going to throw something on, like oh, you can jump like, in. That sounds like such a diss. Like yeah, oh, you're just background cinema. <laughs> yeah, but that's like that's like what I think most uh, like movies are. You know, like I can get like okay, no, it was a uh, red list. Um, I read a, re- a review on that. Have you seen that? Come I have Dwayne Johnson. Oh, oh, Red Note. Red Note. Red yeah, okay. I just That's saw also a trailer why, for it. Yeah. yeah, I don't really care about that, which is why I didn't even get the name right. But, <laughs> but that, it, like, I read a v- review on that, and it was like Hollywood doesn't even seem to understand how to do action movies anymore because it's so it's so boring. Yeah, and the, he and the reviewer referred to it as background cinema. Yeah, no, I I think That's, that that probably makes sense. It it almost seems like if you just put big enough names in the movie. It's like it doesn't matter what the content is. It's like, oh, yeah. Ryan Reynolds, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, yeah. Gal and Gadot. He, like, and you he gotta, was literally you like, hit. yeah, and he was literally complaining. He's like, yeah, Ryan Reynolds is playing, you know, you know, he wrote, he, he became Deadpool because of all of his other small roles, but now it's always compared to Deadpool. It's like, yeah, here you have just another wisecracking Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And that's not a movie. Like, that's just a formula. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. I'm not. I don't think I'm going to be watching that one. At least I don't think we'll do like a review on it. I would hope not. Um, but yeah, no, I thought this movie was fine. How, how do we want to rate this? How about a, how about a countdown? Oh yeah. Yeah. How many, how, how long do we count this down until we get shot? <laughs> <laughs> All right. 10, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four okay there we go okay. i think i'd probably give it a four yeah i think i'd probably i think i'd probably go like three because i think this is boring i just think it's a really boring movie yeah uh but i think it has it has like enough bright spots on it so i think yeah. maybe it's well done yeah so that's why i give it four yeah i just think it's uh it's it feels flat for for as, as cool as it looks it seems to be flat yeah yeah okay so with that uh uh you've been listening to now this is podcasting uh we're now available on pretty much any platform you can find a, a podcast on that's like spotify apple uh podcasts uh audible uh iheart radio like everywhere now so uh gosh yeah, yeah you've been doing so much work behind the scenes yeah. and i came here this week i'm like i don't know if i finished black yeah. swan <laughs> oh no i was i was glad to finally get some of that stuff done and if you want to contact us uh you can email us at uh, now this is podcasting 100 at gmail.com we also have a comment section we upload all these to youtube uh, we so, check yeah. those frequently because we don't have a lot of engagement, yeah. so uh, we look for those people. Right, but if you do leave a comment, we have a couple uh, podcasts coming out that were just suggestions that we got from like YouTube comments. Yeah, so. we're gonna do Incendies coming up. Yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to that one. Uh, so yeah, leave a comment and uh, yeah, we'll we'll more than likely I, I'm the one who kind of manages that. I comment back to like everyone who leaves a comment. So yeah, I, I always like, like I always get on there like oh six comments, yeah. three of them are you. <laughs> yeah, it's fun though. Uh, but yeah, so uh, go ahead and uh, uh, thank you for joining us and. Uh, this is uh now this is podcasting <laughs>